Welcome to 39-Minute Conversations. Please wait for your host to begin this meeting. Your meeting is now being recorded. Hello. Hey. I'm not hearing you. About now. There you, there you go. I can hear you now. Okay, my microphone is not working. That is weird. Great start. <laughs> concerning, right? Oh, right. Yeah, very concerning. Um, so this might sound a lot worse than other episodes, but thanks for staying with us anyway. Yeah. Um, do you want to try to fix the mic or? I don't. I want to go ahead and I want to start yeah. because like we're here. 39 and minutes. We don't have much time, fast. so right. it, it goes so fast. So the first thing that I have to do is I do have to go ahead and get through an ad read real quick. And then go for it. really excited to, to talk to you. Do you so, want me to help you? I mean, if you feel like chiming in, you you just go for it. Like Let's just go for it. I'll, I'll, I'll chime in. Yeah, man. Whatever, whatever, go where your heart leads you. Today's episode of 39 Minute Conversations is brought to you by this year's flu shot. Look, it's no secret, I'm a fan of vaccines. I think they're important. They've eradicated or reduced the instances and lethality of a lot of dangerous diseases. They got society up and running again after COVID-19 hit. I already had my COVID booster, but yesterday I got my flu shot and I don't know what's in it, but I'm guessing LSD because it kicks like a mule. Last night I had the most intense nightmares I've had in a long time. I'm talking getting chased by these zombie alien things. I'm talking accepting my imminent death while watching my child at home get destroyed. This morning, I woke up tired, achy, confused, but I also woke up better protected against the flu, and I'll take that. So if you need to get your flu shot or COVID booster, and you also want to experience the most terrifying vivid dreams outside of an ayahuasca trip, visit vaccines.gov or make an appointment with your doctor or pharmacy. That's vaccines.gov. And then we- Great. Thanks, man. You know, that's funny. How funny would it be if I was like, I don't believe in vaccines. I think it's bullshit. <laughs> it crossed my mind that that was a risk, but I... <laughs> that is hilarious. Yeah, but I as figured... you started, I was like, oh man, that would be, what a nightmare. There's a real life nightmare for you if like <laughs> we get into that conversation. I mean, I would have that conversation with you. It would it would sure. be a weird one, but uh, I would be excited to do it. But I, you, you're on set and acting so much. I figure yeah. you're, you've got to be not even an option. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think not so. not even an option. So I, this is 39 Minute Conversations, and I'm your host, Brian T. Arnold. It's a podcast about reconnecting with old friends and making new ones. And I've only got 39 minutes to do it because I'm not going to be paying for Zoom Pro. And you've already heard my guest, so I want to give him a proper introduction. He is a very talented, very funny, very prolific actor that you've seen in, honestly, so many things. Movies like Together Together, Rainbow Time, Fun with Dick and Jane, and Imagine That. TV shows like The Mighty Ducks Game Changers, On the Verge, Blunt Talk, One Mississippi, Till Death, Drunk History, Enlightened, Six Feet Under, Undeclared, and more. And soon you'll be able to see him in the Disney Plus series Percy Jackson and the Olympians, Tim Sharp. Hey man, how's it going? Good. It's always so weird to hear your credits. That's what, yeah, I, I feel the same way. It's very, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it is what it is, but yeah, there's, it's, this part of me, there's a part of me that's very like, oh, I don't deserve this attention. You know, it's, mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know what that comes from. I was talking to a friend of mine about that because I, 
Uh, this has already come up on the podcast, I think, but I, I'm in a fantasy basketball league with everybody in it is um, also film TV people. Mm-hmm. And the guy who started the league did like the intros to like introduce us all to each other. He used our bios from the internet. Uh-huh. And I had the longest one and the least amount of credits. So I just felt like, you know, it's just, it's weird to like, you're trying, I think as when you get successful as you clearly are it's almost like okay get to it I know what I've done and everybody knows what I've done but like when you're like trying to you're starting out or new in it it's like no but you need to hear everything about me you know right 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 what about my special skills <laughs> I you didn't juggle. even you didn't even mention improv yeah um yeah it's <laughs> this is a crazy business that we're in it's a weird business but I I rather like it and you're uh You've been in it for for a while and uh yeah, 20 plus years now 20 plus years i did i did watch um i rewatched um undeclared for the first time in a while no and kidding I, I realized i was like this is 20 years old like yeah, i dude. i was a kid i was were, 20 21 i think when i shot when we shot that that's so like, wild that, like yeah seth rogan ahead. was 18 <laughs> he was 18 and he yeah. was writing yeah he wrote and was in it anyway. Yeah, that's wild. It's so crazy because I i mean, I, I did watch that show. Um, I don't think I saw it when it was out because, you know, obviously it was not handled that well on, on yeah, the network. You're not alone. Um, also, uh, a, a thing called 9-11 happened. Like we were supposed to premiere, I oh think, in October of 2001. Okay. Yeah. And that When 9-11 happened, it was like it got pushed. You know what I mean? Yeah. It got pushed so we can't so there's a lot of things to blame the terrorists for and that's yeah, definitely thanks. one of them thanks. yeah osama bin laden <laughs> um so i do want to talk about undeclared and, and everything else but the uh, first thing i want to talk about you know we um we got to know each other a few years ago doing improv became friends yes. that way but we yes. we were always performing and rehearsing we didn't really do a lot of one-on-one stuff so i'm excited to get to know you and for audience to, to get to know you better as well um you're from North Dakota? I'm from Fargo, North Dakota. Fargo, yes. North Dakota. What was it like growing up in Fargo, North Dakota as like, did you, how early did you know you wanted to be an actor? And was that weird kind of growing up in that kind of an area? You know, um, I knew when I was in the, I think I was in the ninth grade when mm-hmm. I decided that I was going to be an actor. And um, before that, eighth grade, I um, did a play and immediately fell in love. And then I just like put all my ninth grade chips, whatever, I put all my chips on the table and mm-hmm. and um, just went for it. And I'd like did everything. I did, um, you know, all the high school plays. Uh, I did um, the community theater plays. Mm-hmm. I did sure. like, I went to this summer um, performing arts school called Trollwood Performing Arts School. And I did, and they would put on a main stage musical every year mm-hmm. that was like pretty high caliber uh, production value. And like, you know, it was an outdoor amphitheater that would have like 3000 people a night, you know, wow. come to these shows, they're yeah. like big shows. Um, so I would do those and then I would do like college plays. I like did as much as I could. And uh, yeah, so it was, I was, I had a lot of support um in Fargo but it definitely was not it's not like what everybody's doing sure yeah there's not a lot of you know in fact I think they just lost 
their arts um, funding oh. in that area recently. That stinks. Yeah. It's a bummer. Yeah. I, I grew up in, in West Virginia, which was similar, like not what you'd expect. Um, you know, it's not the play. I was very lucky to have very supportive family and friends, but for right. the most part, it was like, oh, I felt like, you know, the weird artsy kid and like, yeah. I'm eventually going to have to leave here, I guess. Yeah. Um, and you did, you went to uh, the American Academy of Dramatic Arts in New York. In New York City. Yep. When I was 18, I moved directly after I graduated high school. I think a couple of months after I graduated, I moved to New York and just went to this acting conservatory there, mm -hmm. the American Academy of Dramatic Arts. Did you? you? So I, I went to, I wanted to go to film school. I thought about it. Um, mm -hmm. I did not have a, we didn't have a ton of money when I was growing up and Same. I, and yeah, it's hard. And then I, I, so I thought about film school. I thought about you know, the loans that would take. And I was a little nervous mm -hmm. about it. And I happened to graduate at a time when West Virginia was offering like students who went to an in-state school, like, we're just going to pay your tuition for you. Cause we're really tired of people leaving West Virginia, like to go to college. Right. So they're like, Oh, just pay your tuition. If you just stay here. Um, so I went to an in-state school and I studied broadcast journalism. Cause I was like, that's close enough, right. I guess. Like I, it's cameras, camera. it's yeah, some yeah, cameras, yeah. it's some writing um and then actually wow. after yeah so then after I did college, not know that so you studied broadcast journalism I did yeah I was actually um after college I did um I was a news producer for a little bit in, in a Bluefield West Virginia television station I was the morning okay. news producer and I realized I pretty quickly that I didn't like it and then I did have to give this a shot um so that's when I came out here um I'm curious so you so you went straight to you went straight to performing art school did you ever have a backup plan or were you like i'm just gonna go and then i'll just, figure I, that out later i didn't have a backup plan and i i have to acknowledge that i was i got very lucky extremely lucky because right away right outside of well the acting conservatory i went to has a um there's like a it's a two-year program to graduate and then they ask a handful of people back to be part of the company mm -hmm. and then you just uh you do a bunch of plays and uh they showcase you for managers and agents so i got a manager through the mm -hmm. company and they started sending me out on things and i think my my first gig um on tv was on that show spin city with michael j fox sure. way back in the day sure and uh and then I did I did some commercials um, and I did a total serial commercial that was a national total serial commercial. Mm -hmm. And around that same time when that was airing, my manager got um, me an audition for this untitled Judd Apatow project. Great. And so I like was like, oh, cool. All right. It was just another audition. I wasn't even familiar with Judd Apatow mm -hmm. at the time. At that, at that time, not a lot of people were. I mean, Freaks and Geeks was, was obviously beloved now, but right? Freaks back and then Geeks it was had just been canceled, I yeah. think. And I think, you know, he was probably known in the industry, especially right. for um, the Ben Stiller show. Mm -hmm. um, but anyway, so, or uh, also um, the Gary Shandling show that's uh, yeah. Uh, oh, oh, um, Sanders, Larry, Larry Sanders. Sanders yeah. 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 Um, anyway, so uh, I auditioned for that in New York and didn't hear anything. I went and I shot this like really low budget movie. And while I was there, I heard that I 
had a callback for uh to meet with the producers for that and um so then i went in and i auditioned they had me in there for an hour and a half and they had me um like improvising with uh loudon wainwright the third who plays Mm -hmm. um the father on the show Mm -hmm. and yeah and i kind of walked out of that callback like pretty optimistic and then they uh flew me to la to test at fox and then i ended up getting it so then i moved to la and that that's unheard of you know like i mean luck is obviously a part of every pretty much everybody's story i think especially if you're you know coming from places like we were that you don't have these connections i think luck. i think you have to you can't discount luck as a thing but it's also like luck is you you have to be ready for it when luck finds you and clearly you were yeah 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 thank god i i like took i took these auditions seriously you know i was ready and Mm -hmm. i had no improv training at the time but for whatever reason i was able to improvise like in that like intense environment which is pretty remarkable i was gonna ask about that because yeah like i i I, improv is how we got to know each other Um, right but so you didn't take any improv at all like at it or anything it just you were just thrown no. into the fire with you know the rogans and in front of apatow and like yeah. yeah i'm just gonna have to figure out how to do this and it that was like my school that was yeah. my improv training basically was at during undeclared you know they would let us play you know with mm-hmm. with the the scenes and so like we all kind of just that's how i learned how to do it more or less and um but yeah then you know, uh, once Undeclared was over, mm-hmm. there was many years where I, because I didn't even know improv was a thing. I didn't even know there was such a thing that you could go see a show where they just make stuff up, stuff sure. up, you know? And uh, so whenever I would be asked to, uh, oh God, my God. So <laughs> Judd um, asked me to do a table read for Anchorman. So I got to do, I got to be part of the table read, the original table read for Anchorman Mm -hmm. for like, you know, uh, the studio and all that. Was this the like infamous, like original script with like the, the, the monkeys, the plane crash and all that, or was this after that? There was, uh, the original script, there was a whole storyline where, um, uh, Fred Willard's character, uh, he played the head of the studio. He Mm -hmm. has a a son who was robbing banks and, um, (laughs) he would he would rob banks and he would do like a fake uh newscast to the security cameras mm-hmm. right <laughs> and uh he i think there's like a hostage situation or something and he would only talk to ron burgundy <laughs> so um they did like anyway so i played the son okay uh, and uh i'm i played him so horribly <laughs> that they cut it out of that that whole storyline out of the movie i'm sure that's not on you i don't think it is but the 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 whole point i'm bringing this up is because um judd was like hey um adam mckay and uh will ferrell want to run through like some of the scenes with you before the table reads so like Mm -hmm. i went over to adam mckay's house and like i'm 21 yeah. i no improv training these guys are like improv mm-hmm. they practically invented it right yeah especially adam mckay and yeah. so they were like we were reading through a couple of the scenes in the script and they're like 
all right, just riff off that. Just riff on that. And I had no idea what that, that I was like, uh, uh, like, and they, I think they could tell right away. It was like, oh, this guy has no training whatsoever. And so, yeah, uh, that's, that kind of kept happening because I would mm-hmm. get more auditions for things where people would ask me to improvise mm-hmm. and I would just kind of not do a great job because mm-hmm. I would either like, well, I think after the first couple, I was like, oh, they want me to just make stuff up. I would just go bananas. I would just go nuts. <laughs> sure. I would make the stupidest shit up and be like, "Is am I doing it? Is this improv? <laughs> right. And anyway, so I, I made a fool of myself quite a few times mm-hmm. um, doing that. And then finally, uh, after uh, the first season of a show I did called Enlightened, Jason mm-hmm. Manzukis mm-hmm. um, invited me to a show. Um, at UCB and I was like what kind of show and he's like oh it's just uh, an improv show I was like what do you mean mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like that's just me and a couple other people just making shit up on stage I was like what really so I went and I saw that and I was so enamored and blown away by that I was like mm-hmm. I want to know how to do that I yeah. I want to know how to do that and I was I don't even know this was in 2011 I, I think it had to be Perhaps. around yeah I think it's around there yeah so yeah so it took me 10 years to finally <laughs> to train. know what improv was and to exactly. train at it. to even know what it was right that's I mean that's really fun and like that's interesting to me because like it sounds like and I obviously this is the case you've done a lot of comedies um mm-hmm. and you were in these rooms with people who were you know improv legends improv mm-hmm. like comedy directors who expected you to riff did you know when you started out that you were going to be like comedy leaning or did that just kind of yeah. happen and you found yourself in it you did no I was pretty sure I was I'd always been my wheelhouse comedy has always been something I've been naturally good at I think mm-hmm. and yeah and I just happened to fall into like the the best hands with mm-hmm. Judd Apatow and all those guys you know like right off the bat and I'm so grateful and then yeah. after, yeah, and then after Judd Apatow was obviously like, well, let's, let's talk about Enlightened a little bit too. Well, uh, yeah. Because obviously Undeclared is, both, both shows are beloved, especially after their time, unfortunately. They're both shows right. that, that uh, people love when they're watching them, but not enough people <laughs> were right. watching them. Right. How, when people find those shows later, is it, is it like reassuring or like, is it or is it more like I told you guys we were making good shit why did like is it almost frustrating like which which way does it lean a little bit I think it's more reassuring it's uh, I I think by the time people do catch on to something good um I've already and so has everybody else moved on from the Mm -hmm. frustration of the show getting canceled or whatever but Mm -hmm. yeah I guess it can be a little like oh man that would have been cool if you guys were around during the sure you know airing of it but I'm, I try to stay in a pretty humble, grateful place as much as possible mm-hmm. because it can, it gets easy to like, get really like resentful in this business, you know? Sure. So like when it comes to stuff like that, I, I, I try to, I veer far away from being too, mm-hmm. you know, like angry about anything. Cause that's such a gift to have done in the first place, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's a good attitude to look at it with. Cause it is easy to, you know, to taste that first bit of success and then like well wait like 
where's the next one? Like, it's always that like next wrong. It's always that chip on your shoulder, especially mm-hmm. in an industry like this, that you just yes. feel like you have to move on to the next thing to like stay in people, stay in front of people and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, with, so, but there is a thing like you did talk about like trying not to look back, but at the same time, um, nostalgia shows are really big right now. <laughs> like everybody, yeah. Every like you just did one. You were on the, the new Mighty Ducks, the Mighty Ducks reboot, yes. um, and there have been you know I, today I think a trailer dropped for that '90s show. Like oh, every wow. every big show or movie, it feels like is trying to come back in some way. Are oh, there yeah. any characters or shows that you've been a part of that you'd be excited to bring back and check oh, in yeah. on? Or oh, yeah, for sure. Like uh, I mean, undeclared to, to do that guy again, see what he's yeah. up to. It would be such a dream come true. That'd be so fun and enlightened to continue with that guy as well. Would be a blast. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm. I love that. I love seeing shows that that you know went away. Mm-hmm. years ago and will come back like literally that show the comeback was yeah. one of the best uh examples of that in my opinion oh i totally agree i love the comeback i don't think i i i'll, I'll be i mean i'm guilty of i don't think i watched it when it came back yet it's still it'll happen and then it'll come back again after after you know that word gets out on the second yeah, they're, we're waiting they're waiting for you to they're waiting for me for the, to do the comeback comeback <laughs> um but you'll see so as an actor mm-hmm. like how attached can you how attached do you get or can you afford to be in how something succeeds or fails or you know I, I'm, I'm sure you have to be somewhat removed from it but at the same time it is an emotional thing yeah it's odd because the longer i i i i do this the um I hate to say it, but the longer I do this, the less attached I get to the outcome of things. Um, I think that's because history has told me that it does, that does, you no good, you know, Mm -hmm. because you don't know what's going to happen with, with a show, even if it's like an incredible show. Like I did a show called Blunt Talk Mm -hmm. that was with a great group of people who created it. Jonathan Ames created mm-hmm. it and um and I'm still extremely close with all the cast with the cast my castmates yeah. um and like that show was such a fun show but that no one saw that show and that show had like everybody in comedy in it you it know did. and Patrick yeah. Stewart <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> who is doing more and more comedy lately I think he's yes. en- I think he's enjoying it yes um Speaking of, you have worked, I mean, obviously when you started, you were kind of thrown right into the fire with like, oh, this is Judd Apatow. This is, you know, you're working. I'm trying to figure out how to phrase this the right way. You've worked with giant celebrities. Um, You've worked with, you know, Eddie Murphy and Jim Carrey and Laura Dern and Patrick Stewart and all these amazing people. How quickly did you have to get over being starstruck and or is that still a thing that happens to you? Oh, it's definitely still a thing that happens. Like. For sure. Um, when I was younger, like with Will Ferrell, you know, and or Adam Sandler, that was mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah. Like I remember doing, uh, we did, a, he did a couple episodes of Undeclared and like a couple years after that, uh, I was at, 
I want to say I was at the MTV movie awards or something like that and backstage and Adam Sandler uh, was like, like walked by and he was all like, Hey, Hey man. And he like came over and gave me a hug. And I was like, Oh, Oh, whoa, (laughs) thanks man. It was just like, Oh yeah, we've worked together, but you forget that sometimes with these super celebrities. Um, Yeah. I mean, it's still some, I think, once you work once after you know i don't know a couple hours of being on set with someone you just they're just people that are doing their job yeah. you know and you you start you start seeing them more as co-workers and not as you know the whatever legacy they that had that brought them to where they are you know yeah i think a, your brain has to do a thing where it just like it can't be overwhelmed forever and i think i think our brains do a pretty good job of like accepting the reality that we're given like I obviously haven't been in a lot of the rooms that you have but I have had you know meetings with actors and and um, and other writers and directors who are much bigger names than I am and I and it just became like a, oh I just have a zoom with this person today like eventually it just kind of had to become that because otherwise yeah. it's just a little overwhelming to so I think your totally. brain's almost protecting you from like you don't even think about it just just the person you're yeah. talking to today exactly and I think that that that's an important you know, I, I think it's, I, I imagine, I mean, I don't understand. I, I have no reference to what it would be like to be that famous or whatever, but I would imagine it's, it, you know, it, it's less uh, weird for them, mm-hmm. you know, if you're less weird, you know? Sure. If that makes sense. <laughs> I don't know. But you are, I mean... You, it's it's fun it's funny that you say like people at a, i mean obviously like jim carrey eddie murphy they're patrick stewart they're just on a different plane of yeah. existence than everybody but you are you've been in so much and you've you've got a how often do you get recognized out into the world it has to be pretty uh, often not that often but when i do it's i think because i've i i'm so conscious of like i don't want people to feel weird mm-hmm. so like if I notice they're nervous or something, or if they're acting, whatever, I like go out of my way to make them feel totally at ease. And like, I don't ever, I remember once this was back in, I don't know when I first came out to LA and I was hanging out with other young Hollywood people and somebody came up to an actor. I won't say who, but they came up to an actor and they were like, Oh my God, I'm such a fan. And this guy was like such a dick. He was just like, he's like, hey, hey, I'm I'm trying to like talk with my friends here. And it was just like, I I never want to be like that. I don't, yeah. I never want anybody to feel like shame for uh I don't know. I just that seeing that was such like a like a lesson. And also, I don't know if you know who Sean William Scott is. Mm-hmm, sure. Um, I did a movie with him right after Undeclared. And he is one of the nicest guys in the world. Like the nicest guy seems in, like it in the business. Same yeah. with Will Ferrell. I'd say they're ask anybody and they'll be like, oh my God, they're so nice and kind and not, you know, full of themselves really. Mm-hmm. And and you see how like uh they treat people and it's it's inspiring. So I don't know. I just went on a weird tangent. No, Sorry. that's really no, that's really nice. I appreciate that. Like it's it's it it kind of leads into a question I was going to ask, and uh, but you've already kind of 
said it, but I'm going to ask it anyway because I uh, I don't know how to interview people very well. Uh, <laughs> You're doing but... great, man. <laughs> oh, thanks, bud. Um, do you, I mean, you've obviously done a ton of great stuff, but at the same time, like two of your biggest things were, you know, not biggest, but like but most beloved things were, are, you know, 20 years ago and 10 years ago, respectively. Yeah. Do you get annoyed with people asking you about like things that are that far in the past or are you like, oh no, that's, that's cool. That's the thing I've done versus. Yeah. 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 I, I love it. Anytime yeah. anybody like, um, uh, it's complimentary for something I've done in the past. I'm, I'm, I'm on board. I'm into it. Um, I was hanging out. Are, are, are you asking if I, are you asking if I, if it like makes me feel self-conscious or something because it I'll, was so long ago? I'll phrase it this way because uh, I was at UCB once and there was right. an actress who I also won't name. Um, and some, a student came out of the show and was like, Oh my God, I loved you in um, this show. And then she was like, oh, that's so nice. Thank you. And then they left. She was like, that show was 30 years ago. Like, I'm on this. Like, why are people not, you know? Um, so yeah. I just I just wonder if, like, does it get old for you to hear about things that, you know, you did a while ago versus things that you're doing now? Not at all. Yeah. Not at all. I I think anybody who's supportive is, is uh, I'm a fan of them, yeah. you know? Well, that's really nice. Uh, I'm glad to hear that because I asked a lot of questions about this. <laughs> I'm enlightened and undeclared. So I waited long yeah. enough that, you know, after I asked those questions, I wanted to find out if I annoyed you for the last, for the last no. half hour first. Okay, you great. You'll never annoy me, Brian. You'll never annoy me. <sighs> oh, that's, that actually just warmed my heart a little bit. Good. Um, as a writer, and this is something that like, I'm watching your, I, I fancy myself as somewhat of an actor, but I'm not, I'm not a real one. Uh, but I watch you know, you're Marshall in, 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 in undeclared and sorry, we're running out of time. Let me click that out. Um, we have 10 minutes left. Oh, um, cool. I know cool. we're so killing it. Damn. So, this is going by fast. It, 39 minutes goes by so quick. Yeah. Um, so all these roles that you do, you, they're these big characters usually, but you always find a way to, to ground them in a, like an emotional real place. Like they're very funny, but they're also real. Um, how do you, Let's, let's start with there. How do you approach that kind of role where you know, like, this is a big character, but I know I have to bring humanity to it? Uh, I, I guess I, like, this show, I, I did a, a, like, a sitcom in front of a live studio audience, that type of show mm -hmm. called Till Death. Right. And that was a perfect example of that, because I had to play, like, this, you know, this, like, super, like, uh like i've played like a hippie dude you know who's <laughs> okay, very like sure. you know into like you know energy and nature and you know the spirit and all that and but he was also like kind of an idiot so <laughs> uh like sitcom acting um i think i don't know i honestly don't know how to answer that question other than just push just just over exaggerating i guess the reality yeah. uh if that makes sense because i was like it really hit me when i was rewatching enlightened because it was like right dougie is a big character oh dougie yeah, 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 is yeah a lot dougie is you know um uh, could be very unlikable in a lot of hands for sure uh, and you and you walk that line really well of like no this is still like 
a vulnerable person um, yeah. who just is, he's screwing everything up, but he's not trying to. Right. Um, so when you're, du- go ahead, go ahead. With, with Dougie, um, the first, my first day on set, um, uh, the director, um, uh, Miguel Arteta, mm-hmm. um, he, pulled me aside after I took after like I did a couple of takes and he was uh, and he was like hey um don't try to be funny Mm. like I can see that you're trying to be funny don't just just like really you know believe what you're saying and that was like one of those moments was like okay yes all right I okay I get it because I didn't know what the tone of the show was I didn't know so like and that little uh talk he gave me uh sort of made me go back to like my old acting school um tricks not tricks but like techniques mm-hmm. right like what do i want in the scene that type of stuff as opposed to just trying to be funny in a scene so like i i, I have to credit miguel arteta for my performance <laughs> um when you're looking for a role like what what pop a lot of writers you know i'm a writer a lot of writers listen to this uh a lot is relative but what do you look for in a role on the page it's like oh this is just something that i i know i want to play i have to play i it's really not so much the role as much as it is i mean i guess it is the role i don't know it's like the if something feels real mm-hmm then it then that's all I care about um I really like reality stuff I I like stuff to feel real and then it's up to the writer to write some kind of situation that's going to be ridiculous or funny you know yeah I don't need to tell you that that's (laughs) but yeah I I guess I I look for I look for opportunities to um to make this character mine Mm -hmm. and that's the most fun I have as an actor is like making a, a character mine or I don't know. Like I did a table read recently for this character that was very like uh, type A, right? And that's not me at all. Mm-hmm. And so like I had a good time like messing with that. You know, I guess it's just any anything that challenges me <laughs> and yeah. anything that makes me step out of my you know who I am I guess slightly I, I, I'm attracted to that that makes sense because like yeah like it's just the kind of thing and uh you're told as a writer is like oh, this has to be like all movie star roles like movie star will want to have to play this and it's right. and it I don't know like it's cool to hear that like just the the tone of what the script is and then like opportunities to do good things as the character are you know you're not looking for like how can I be cool like how can I yeah. what's the cool thing to be in this scene yeah I'm, I mean maybe some actors do look for that like yeah. i i wrote i wrote a thing and it was like one of these things where it's like okay i could either play the lead or the brother mm-hmm. right because realistically we should probably get somebody a little more well known to play the lead right so i wrote the brother also kind of for me so but i also was aware that maybe somebody famous could play the brother sure. so like i made the brother like this very fun character that was like a psychic medium and you know he <laughs> sure. was like a recovering drug addict so there's like all kind of, i put all the you know <laughs> all the those, meat into that one all the meat and potatoes into that character yeah um 
it's something I meant to ask you up top and just because like this is just on a on a personal level here we yeah. haven't seen each other in a few years um yes. the last few years have been you know what they've been rough. it's been weird it's been rough <laughs> yeah um just how do you, dude how have you been like I, I'm you know, I've been asking you questions as an interviewer. I think I got frazzled yeah. by my microphone at the beginning. I wanted to how have you been the last couple of years? How have I been? I've, you know, this pandemic has been really, I mean, these past five years have been on so many levels, crazy and, yeah. and challenging. And I would say that I, I think, I think when life is challenging, that's like, when you really get to know yourself yeah in a, in a way like for me this this past few years have been <clears throat> super challenging in that respect but i now know myself and i'm more comfortable with who i am than i ever was before hmm. and so for that reason i i am kind of grateful that that there was a pandemic and sure that whatever has happened has happened you know what did what did you pick up any like hobbies or like what did you do to keep yourself sane when everything shut down for a little bit oh boy see well this is the thing i'm a bit of a like a hermit as yeah, me it too. is me too so like i was like oh this is great this mm-hmm. you know um but yeah so like woodworking i like to i like to uh mess with japanese um woodworking tools and stuff and do like uh japanese joinery and stuff like that do you still do you still paint uh not so much that was something i yeah i sort of like i spread my my artistic uh seeds thin (laughs) i don't know sure um because i cast a wide artistic net I was just curious because I, I told our mutual friend from our improv days, Jenna, uh, about oh my God. that we were going to be interviewing. I was going to be interviewing you, and she was like, "Oh my God, tell him I still have my painting of my dog on my wall." Holy shit! <laughs> wow, that's one thing I've been doing. Um, I've been rescuing dogs. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Got four dogs now. So. <laughs> <laughs> Two of which I've found. One I found on the way. Uh, one I found at a gas station. And another one I've I found in the neighborhood that uh you know was everyone was trying to catch it for like two weeks and finally I got it. Anyway. <laughs> and then we got um, a minute and a half. We got a minute and a half. So I want to use this time right now. If you have anything that you want to plug in particular or anything that if you want people to follow you on socials or anything like that, if you want to drop that here. I know you're not a big social guy. Anymore. I don't do socials at all. I mean, I have mm-hmm. I have socials, but like I don't really check them uh or do i don't they're i don't even know why i still have them to be honest um uh as far as plugging something no uh i guess because you mentioned percy jackson that's gonna be a cool show that's gonna uh, be yeah let's talk about that real fast you're also it also reunites you with jason manzoukas Manzoukas and uh uh jay duplass what, what can you tell us about it that's not gonna get you in too much trouble but just a little bit um Honestly, if you've read the books, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> you're you're gonna get, you're gonna get, you're, you're gonna be happy. This yeah. they're doing this right. It's gonna it's so cool. We do we've been shooting on a volume stage. Oh yeah, I've heard of those like Mandalorian. It's crazy, and, yeah, dude. That's cool. It's crazy, <laughs> crazy. It it's seems easily like the it. biggest production I've ever been involved in. It's wild. 
Oh man, we're we're about to get cut off any second now. Um, so I Brian, like real fast. I love you, man, Dude, and I'm and I'm Tim, grateful for you. this. I'm grateful that she that she wanted to interview me, and Dude. let's let's call each other after this so we can yeah. actually catch. Let's, let's let's post game it for a minute, yeah. and that'll be yeah. that'll be really nice. Usually at this time, your meeting has ended. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to Thirty Nine Minute Conversations, hosted and produced by Brian T. Arnold. Music by Kevin McLeod, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0 license. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and tune in for new episodes and don't forget to rate and review. If you didn't like what you heard, please don't do any of that. That's okay too. Thank you and we'll see you next time. Stay safe and be well.